Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Paddington 2 in today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. Paddington 2 is a 2017 film, not a 2018 film, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, having been released in 2017 uh, in places that aren't the United States, uh, that is the year it is associated with in my spreadsheet. I saw it on January 29th, 2018, and clocked it at 100 minutes. Uh, that's uh, Sunday? Monday. It's Monday. <laughs> Got my dates right. Um, and that... Uh, you know, it's good. I, I I really love the first Paddington. I think it's sweet. I think it's cute. It's adorable. And Paddington 2 is a lot of the same. It's a lot more of that, which is great. It's a good movie. But for me, it doesn't quite live up to the first film. Not by a, a, a large distance, mind you, but definitely there's a little bit of distance there. Uh, my, my single sentence summary is... Far from his home, the bear decides or desires to send the perfect gift to his aunt. Uh, And then uh, hilarity ensues as everything kind of goes wrong. Uh, I did rate this a 76, which is pretty strong. Um, So, you know, not not terrible. Uh, As a 76 rated film in 2017, it falls in line with a couple other movies, including Loveless, uh, Foreign Language nominee at the Oscars, It, uh, Jane, and Batman and Bill, all rated a 76 and from last year. Uh, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a perfect 100 and is currently the best reviewed movie of all time. So we'll see when that changes, if that changes, and go from there. Because it's bound to happen. Somebody's going to ruin everything. What else do we have? So, moving on to directors. Um, The director of Paddington 2 is Paul King. This is the second film that he's directed that I've seen. It lowers his average film rating to an 81.5. It is his first and only film rated in the 70s and second best film overall, coming in behind the first Paddington. Uh, It improves his film value to a 2.5 and his score to a 43.25, which gives him a rank of 302nd overall, tied with Stan Brackage, who is a short film director who has directed um, a couple of short films that I really enjoy. Puts him one spot behind Carl Reiner, and one spot ahead of Tom Tikwer, 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 who directed Run, Lola, Run. The writers um, include Paul King. Again, this is his second film writing credit. Lowers his average writing average film rate, rating to 81.5. It is his first and only film rate in the 70s. Uh, it is behind the first Paddington. He has a value of 2.5, score of 43.25, and is ranked 471st as a writer. Tied with Meg LaFoe, who is 
one of the writers on Inside Out, and as well as James Jones, who is one who helped to write The Thin Red Line and From Here to Eternity. Also getting a writing credit is Simon Farnaby. This is his only writing credit that I've seen, uh, and it gives him a value of 1 and a score of 26.33, ranking him 2,091st, uh, tied with way too many people to mention, and just behind uh, a couple more people that I... I don't recognize, but including Richard Curtis, who is the director or is the writer on About Time, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary, and Bridget Jones: The Edge of Reason. Uh, he's just ahead of Tim McCanley's, who helped write The Iron Giant. So I mean, that's a thing. That is a thing. Uh, those are the only two writers on Paddington Two. Now, as far as acting. Um, quite a few number of people who acted in this movie, including, but not limited to, Amelda Staunton. This is her 20th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 71.65. It is her fifth film rated in the 70s and 11th film overall, coming in behind Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 and ahead of Pride. Improves her film value to a 16 and her score to an 81.14. She is now ranked 32nd overall, one spot behind Jack Nicholson, one spot ahead of Frank McClure. Just a couple steps down is Julie Walters. This is her 19th film credit and improves her average film rating to a 71.58. It's her third film rated in the 70s and 12th best film overall coming in behind Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, and ahead of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. It is It improves her film value to a 15.5, and her score to an 80.26. She's ranked 38th overall, one spot behind Paul Newman, and one spot ahead of Robert Downey Jr. And breaking into the top 50 for the first time, is Sally Hawkins, Oscar nominee this year, Sally Hawkins. This is her 17th film credit that I've seen and improves her average film rating to a 71.29. It is her 6th film rated in the 70s and 7th best movie overall. Coming in behind the double and ahead of Blue Jasmine, her other Oscar nominated performance. Uh, This improves her film value to a 14.5 and her score to a 78.29. She is ranked 49th overall, which is one spot behind George Clooney and one spot ahead of Harry Dean Stanton. And breaking back into the top 100 is Michael Gambone. This is his 24th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 64.89. It is his 8th film rated in the 70s and 11th best film overall coming in behind The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou and ahead of Layer Cake. It, imp- it improves his film value to a 13.5 and his score to a 74.07. He is now ranked 98th overall, one spot behind Jessica Chastain and one spot ahead of Warwick Davis. Next is Brendan Gleeson. 
This is his 33rd film credit and improves his average film rating to a 62.42. It is his third film rated in the 70s and 14th best film overall, coming in behind Cold Mountain and ahead of Perrier's Bounty. It improves his film value to a 13.5 and his score to a 72.36. He is now ranked 122nd overall, coming in behind James and Oliver Phelps, uh, the Weasley twins, and ahead of Hugo Weaving. Next is Jim Broadbent. This is his 36th film credit that I've seen and improves his average film rating to a 61.42. Is his ninth film rated in the 70s and 12th best movie overall, just behind Brazil, just ahead of Topsy Turvy. Uh, it improves his film value to 11.5 and his score to a 69.68. He is now ranked 179th overall, one spot behind Rachel House, one spot ahead of, as an actor, mind you, Quentin Tarantino. Next is Noah Taylor. This is his 16th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 66.69. It is his 6th film rated in the 70s and 10th best movie overall, coming in behind the double and ahead of Matthew Gray Goobler's Life Aquatic Intern Journal, a kind of behind-the-scenes documentary made during um, The Life Aquatic with Steve Susu. Noah Taylor is ranked 202nd, tied with Haley Atwell, one spot behind Angelica Houston, Houston, and one spot ahead of Victor Argo. Next is Hugh Grant, BAFTA nominee, for his performance in Paddington 2, Best Supporting Actor, Hugh Grant. Um, this is his 18th film credit that I've seen. Improves his average film rating to a 61.44. It is his second film rating in the 70s and sixth best movie overall. Coming in behind Love Actually and ahead of Impromptu. Improves his film value to a 5 and his score to a 60.30. He is now ranked 536th, tied with Yutaka Sada, one spot behind Naomi Harris and Peter McRoby, and one spot ahead of Matthew McConaughey. Next is Peter Capaldi, one of the doctors doc, on Doctor Who. This is his seventh film credit and improves his average film rating to a 61.86. It is his second film I've seen rated in the 70s and third best movie overall, coming in behind the first, Paddington, and coming in ahead of another movie I saw quite recently, Dangerous Liaisons. He now has a film value of 3 and a score of 51.11, which gives him a rank of 1,298, tied with Jada Pinkett Smith, one spot behind uh, Tony Roberts and Fred McMurray, and one spot ahead of George McKay and John Gavin. Gavin? Gavin. Next is the voice of Paddington himself, Ben Wishaw. This is his 14th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 56.43. It is his second film rating in the 70s and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind The Lobster and ahead of Layer Cake. It improves his value to a 1 and his score to a 50.38. He is now ranked 1,362nd, tied with Jenny Aguder. A gutter, a gooder, one spot behind 
Bridget Moynihan, Shelley Duvall, and Lucas Black. One spot ahead of the late David Bowie. Let's see. There's also um, Joanna Lumley. This is her eighth film credit and increases her average film rating to a 59.13. Is her first and only film rating in the 70s and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind The Wolf of Wall Street and ahead of Shirley Valentine. Uh, this improves her film value to a 2.5 and her score to a 49.80. She's now ranked 1,428th, tied with Aidan Gillen, one spot behind Charlie Sheen, and a, one spot ahead of Mary Tyler Moore. Next is Jessica Hines. This is her sixth film credit and improves her average film rating to a 61.5. It is her first and only film rated in the 70s and third best movie overall. Coming in behind Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix and ahead of Bridget Jones's Baby. Improves her film value to a 2 and her score to a 48.13. She is now ranked 1,603rd, tied with Kai Lennox, uh, one spot behind Brad William Henke, and one spot ahead of Michael Pena. Next up, we have Richard Ayoade. Very small role for him, uh, but he's in there. Uh, it is his fourth film credit and improves his average film rating to a 66 even, second and uh, second film rating in the 70s, and second best film overall. Coming in behind uh, his performance as himself in the documentary Harmontown, and ahead of his voice role in The Box Trolls. This, is his, uh, this improves his film value to a 2.5 and his score to a 46.5. He is ranked 1,766th, tied with a bunch of other people, including Rachel Weisz, Jackie Weaver, Jim Parsons, Bruce Willis, Tony Goldwyn, Ludacris, Donald Pleasance, Jody Benson, Kyle Gollner, um, and among others. One spot behind Allison Brie, one spot ahead of Sonia Braga, and Michael Richards. Next is Eileen Atkins, her eighth film credit, improving her average film rating to a 56.38. It's her second film rate in the 70s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Wild Target and ahead of Gosford Park. Improves her film value to a zero and her score to a 45.1. She's ranked 1,961st, tied with Gabrielle Union, and Dorothy Adams, uh, one spot behind Salah Baker, and one spot ahead of Lasko Atkins. Uh, don't think there's any relation. Next is Hugh Bonneville. This is his 11th film credit and improves his average film rating to a 48.73. It is his second film rated in the 70s and second best movie overall behind the original Paddington and ahead of Iris. Uh, it improves his film value to a negative 3.5 and his score to a 37.73. He is now ranked 2,811th, uh, one spot behind Garrett Hedlund, one spot ahead of Jillian Vigman. Vigman. Those are all the actors. Let us now move on to the genre of the film. Um, film. This uh, Paddington 2 rated 76 from the year 2017. 
is an adventure film, a comedy film, and a fantasy film. As far as I'm concerned, those are the three uh, checks, it, boxes it checks. Uh, it improves the average film rating of adventure films to 53.67. It improves the average film rating of comedy films to 54.99. And it improves the average film rating of fantasy films to 54.53. It passes the Bechdel test with flying colors, uh, considering it has many, many women female characters. Uh, good for that. Good for Paddington. Great job on Paddington. Uh, and it is rated PG. It is not in the IMDb Top 250 or my own Top 300. Academy Awards. Um, I assume it's technically not eligible this year, so it would only matter for next year. So remains to be seen if it'll show up. It seems like it probably won't, considering the first one wasn't. So... But, I don't know, it got BAFTA nominations, but I think the first one got BAFTA nominations, so tough to tell. As far as my Circle of Film Awards, it would be eligible for this year's awards, uh, but unfortunately, it's kind of on the outside looking in. It We're so late in the year, most things are pretty solid at this moment, and the categories where it could contend, like supporting uh, or screenplay, it's just it's just on the outside looking in. You know, Sally Hawkins is fantastic in this movie, but she's not quite as good as the lineup I currently have. Um, you know, same thing kind of with screenplay. Same thing with scene. You know, even the special effects. You know, they're not as good as most of the uh, as the rest of the movies that I have on my list. So unfortunately, Paddington does not make the cut in any of these categories for me. It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, as far as the year, it is a 2017 film. It is the 348th 2017 film I've seen. Um, it is the 162nd film I've seen in the year 2018. It improves the average film rating of 2017 films to 49.61. It improves their tomato meter to 67.83. Uh, as an adventure film, it is the 47th adventure film, and 2017 has now had the most adventure films out of any year, with 2016 just one spot behind at 46. As a comedy, it is the 124th comedy film that I've seen from that from 2017, and is now tied for the most comedy films I've seen from a year, with uh, 2013, also at 124. And as a fantasy film, it is the 46th film from 2017 that is a fantasy film that I've seen, which is the highest uh, number of films from any year as far as fantasy is concerned. As a three in the Bechdel test, it is um, it has a 41.67%, it improves that metric to 41.67% of all films from that year, got a three. As a PG film, it is the 29th film rated PG that I've seen in 27, or from 2017. And finally, uh, the last thing, and I haven't had, been able to do this for a while, um, but Paddington, as a sequel, is part of a series. So uh, that means we get to um, go to the series page. So with just two films in the series, uh, Paddington is the second of two films. 
or Paddington 2 is the second of two films, in my opinion. But the average rating between them is 81.5, and their total length is 3.13 hours. Um, ranked up against the rest of the series that I have seen, it comes in just behind uh, the Avengers. So that, but that that specifically refers to the Avengers and Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, that's it. Um, those have an average film rating of 82.5. And it comes in ahead of Harry Potter. So all eight Harry Potter movies um, averaged together get to 80.88. Uh, so Paddington is in some pretty good company, I would say. And that's pretty much it for statistics on Paddington 2. It is a beautiful and charming movie. It is going to make you smile and love living or something like that um very fun movie very enjoyable and i encourage you to go see it if you have the opportunity that being said um we are now going to step over and move on to this week's fantasy movie league update for the cine realists fantasy movie league we sink into our seats right as they dimmed out all the lights a technicolor world made out of music and machine Week 9 is done and over with, and uh, a lot of us missed it, unfortunately. The number one player from the fantasy, from Cinderella's Fantasy Movie League this week was the box officer who played seven screens of Hostiles and a screen of Paddington 2. Unfortunately, the best, or the perfect Cineplex was seven screens of Hostiles and a screen of The Shape of Water. The box officer just missing that last screen there. Um, but only Derek, besides the box officer, was on the hostile. Was really on the hostiles train. Derek playing seven hostiles and a phantom thread. Uh, everyone at the top of the leaderboard this week was playing seven the post and one the shape of water, with the exception of Keel Music, who threw in one Maze Runner, three post, and four Last Jedi, um, which ultimately resulted in almost the same gross as seven post and shape of water. That means that very little movement was had uh, at the top. Kill Music did drop one spot, but it was a nearly negligible difference um, and certainly one that could be made up in the next few weeks. Uh, which, So even, uh, uh, even with winning the week, uh, this is the first week the box officer has won and uh, in their time playing, which is great. And uh, good for them for hitting that Hostiles play. Uh, unfortunately, the preview number came in so low that it pretty much scared everyone else off of Hostiles. And I am very upset at myself for pulling, going off of Hostiles when I had other data to suggest I shouldn't. But that is the way the game works. Uh, we currently have Rybone in the lead for the third straight week. And the... 13th week of all time, uh, one spot behind Plexi. We have uh, Rybone is the only person above 90% of a perfect season at 90.76%. No one in the top seven got a best performer this week. Uh, so Director's Cut remains five spots away from breaking the record um, set by Rybone in the summer 17 season. Uh, 
Uh, currently, three perfect cineplexes is the record to, or is the is the most we've had this season, uh, held by Rybone, Shawbin, and Director's Cut, with five being the record uh, at the time. And based on current projections, if you are trusting either the historic or current season projections, they both yield a Rybone victory. Now, that victory, that difference is getting smaller and smaller as each week passes. But that is what the projections are saying. Um, with, but that also means, but the pro the the problem with this this prediction is that the projection projections are expecting each week to be of the same value as every week's average, and we definitely know that week ten is going to be below where we've been at so far with uh, weeks 11, week 11 probably also being very low, but weeks 12 and 13 being very high with Black Panther. So that is, that's how the data doesn't quite work out perfectly. It's basically just tracking current trends and uh, current trends yield to a Rybone victory with Shaban and Kill Music battling it out for second, followed by Rahman in fourth, uh, which is slightly different, so it actually predicts Kiel Music to leap Rahman in the last four weeks or so, and to come very, very close to uh, Chauvin as we get to the end. Um, it also predicts uh, everyone ranked six and higher at the moment to finish above 1.4 billion. I don't think that's going to happen, just because I know how low weeks 10 and 11 are going to score, I don't think either of them is going to reach 100 million at this point. And uh, even as big as Black Panther is probably going to get, I just don't see us being able to recoup that those losses. Uh, so mildly uneventful week. Um, pretty, pretty big hit against uh, all of us except for the box officer who did climb to ninth place at this point, uh, knocking on the door of eighth. And it's kind of just... Everyone above that trying to scramble. Um, you know, you look at the top four, less than 20 million separates the top four. There's a lot of room to be gained. Um, if Rybone, Shaban falter, you know, Rahman, Kill Music definitely have the opportunity to take the lead there. And then behind them is Director's Cut, Plexi, and Perks Plex, who uh, certainly have the possibility of, you know, breaking out if they. If they can hit on, if like if any of them had hit on hostiles, that would have been huge uh, for this week. But that's not what happened. And we move on to week 10. Looks to be a very low scoring week, but we will see how things shake out. Um, you know, if, if it's another 7 1 best performer, uh, perfect Cineplex, then, you know, that's a lot of, it's a lot of bonuses to be had. So that is what we're looking at this week. And that's it. That's today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, it's a little short, shorter than I wanted. This isn't the episode I thought I was going to be doing, um, but it's the episode I ended up doing because of time constraints. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you'd like to uh, follow the show, talk to me, do things, uh, whatever, um, you can email the show, circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can tweet at circleoffilm. Or you can head over to circleoffilm.com to uh, check out the Circle of Film Awards, check out other episodes, things like that. It's all over there. 
if you would like to support the show in a monetary fashion, you may do that at patreon.com slash circle of film. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.